Ayo, fresh football takes. After a small hiatus, we return. Me and Keegan, as per almost usual. Hey, what's up, guys? Sorry about the delay or the hiatus. <laughs> Not really a delay. Missing the past couple episodes. If you follow the Twitter, uh, you would realize that Fresh Football Takes is getting ready to relocate several states away, which has proven to be a lot more time-consuming than I realized. So that's why we missed a couple episodes, but here we are, ready to talk some Week 10 football. Week 10 football. It's, just, it's here. Just in case, again, you don't follow the Twitter, you should, at Fresh Football, hashtag Fresh Football Takes. Hashtag. Uh, last week, for Week 9, Keegan and I did a twit pickoff. Where he had beaten me with a nine and four record, and Fresh Football Takes had a paltry seven and six record on the week. It all came down to Monday Night Football. Yeah, Monday Night decided whether it was going to be a tie or whether I would take the championship matchup, and I did. Though, I mean, as much as I would have liked to at least tied, or I really wanted to beat you, uh, if we're being honest. A tie is like kissing your sister, so I definitely yeah. don't want to kiss my sister. No offense to my sister if she's watching, listening. We don't have video, so listening. But don't want to kiss my sister, so I'm almost glad it didn't end up in a tie. And good for you, Keegan. That was a a good and I'll say a little ballsy choice picking the Titans there. Yeah. I went with them and uh, won. You're just a Cowboys hater. So am I, but... That's all right. So after that, after week nine, I had a record of 84, 50, and two. I added one more plus one to the win column after uh, going 14 and 0. Don't forget that perfect week. I will never forget it. Week eight. The week of perfection. Followed it up with a one game above 500 week. Can't win them all. Can't win them all unless it's week eight. But I guess it's time to move on to week 10. Yeah, last night we had a football game. We did. And again, if you follow the Twitter, you would have gotten my pick. I made my pick around 6, 6.15 uh, Eastern time. Went with the... Well, before I tell you who I went with, I want to give you a little bit of my my thoughts on how I thought that game was going to go. So, I really do think that these are two very, very evenly matched teams. They both have explosive offenses. Um, I do think that the Panthers have a better defense by a wide margin. Um, However, this was the Steelers' first game in Pittsburgh after the Tree of Life shooting in prime time. And teams, after something like that happens in their city, whether they play in primetime or not, the first time they play again at home, they usually tend to play with a little bit more motivation. They, they're they inspired uh, more than anything. So I did ultimately go with the Steelers, and holy hell, 52-21 to 21, Pittsburgh. What do you think of that score, Keegan? This is a blue shout if I have ever, ever seen one. Yeah, the Panthers, you know, they they put up three touchdowns, but they were never really in the game. It was pretty much just a dominant performance by 
Ben Roethlisberger mm. in Pittsburgh. I will, I will say that I do think the Panthers were in this game for the first drive. They rolled down the field with ease. Christian McCaffrey did all the work, essentially. Uh, Cam just handed it off to him or tossed it to him. But for that one drive, the Panthers were really in it. I, I was like, oh, boy, uh, this is going to be a Panther sort of day. But, you know, sometimes we see it where a team takes the first drive. They just run down the field, score real quick, quick and easy. And then that's really all they do the rest of the game. And that's essentially what happened here. I know they scored 21 points, but essentially their second two touchdowns, they were already down by so much that it was right. after the first quarter, it was really garbage time, it seemed. Yeah, this was an early garbage time game. Yeah, Big Ben had five touchdowns. Five touchdowns to five different people. Spread the love. A.B., Juju, Vance McDonald, Vance Dance McDonald, the outlaw Jesse James. And who's the backup running back there who also had a touchdown catch? It wasn't James Conner. No, it wasn't. Let me see. James Conner did have a rushing touchdown, though, so he did definitely get his. The defense also had a pick six, but I I can't remember. I know, I know he's number 38, but I can't remember his name. Something Stephen, Stephen, something like that? Samuel. Samuel. Jalen Samuel. Samuel it is. Yeah, he had a... Uh, Big Ben's fifth touchdown. So, I know I said that uh, in my thoughts before this game that the Panthers had a better defense by a wide margin. Uh, they did give up 52 points, but I'm not backing down from that. I Look, it was just a matter of the circumstances of the game. Um, like I said, it, you know the Steelers were going to play with a lot more motivation than they normally do. So, I still think that the Panthers' defense is okay. Uh, everyone has their games like this. So with that, I move to 85-50-2 on the season. Before, nice. yeah, I'm 35 games above 500. Is that right? 35 games above 500? I don't know. I can't figure out that math right now. But I have 35 more wins than I do losses. So I pretty impressive in my opinion. Um, before we move into my predictions for the Sunday games, I just wanted to update my power rankings. There's a small shakeup since the Rams lost last week to the Saints. <gasps> One of the games I picked wrong and producer Keegan, Mike Keegan, picked correctly. Yeah. So... The Patriots are now the number one team in the Fresh Football Takes Power Rankings. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I mean, I guess the Pats are the best team in football, even though they have two losses. So, Well, yeah. hey, everyone's got at least one loss. But, yeah, I, uh, they're just the Patriots. They just know how to do it. They keep rolling. Josh Gordon's getting a little bit more involved in that offense, and I think it's only going to make them better. The Saints are my number two team. This is a team that is rolling. They've started the season 0-1, and they've won seven in a row. Yeah, I think the Saints are my number one team right now. All right. So, number one to you, number two to me. Either way, they're they're – 
on top of the list. They're at the top of the list. The Chiefs are going to be number three here. Uh, again, they just keep on chugging, keep on rolling. They can beat pretty much anybody, I guess, except New England. I'm going to slot the Rams in here at number four. I don't think that they dropped too much losing to the Saints. That was a, a hell of a game if you got to watch it. So they're going to be number four. Uh, it was their first loss of the year. Um, they're just going to kind of continue the roll, though, I think. But, hey, you lose, you get knocked down a peg. So there's that. And I'm going to keep the Chargers at five. They won a tough game in Seattle against the Seahawks. Um, they also just keep on rolling, just like a lot of these teams in the top five. Yeah, I think all those teams have a shot to make the Super Bowl. Speaking of the Super Bowl, since we're about halfway through the year, let's get some Super Bowl predictions out here. Keegan, who do you think is going to make the Super Bowl this year? Uh, I think my p- preseason prediction was Eagles-Chargers. and um, You sticking with it? You pivoting? What are you doing? Yeah, I think I might stick with it. I think I might go... If I don't stick with it, I might go Saints-Chiefs. Okay. But, yeah, I don't know. Okay. So you're going to go Saints-Chiefs? Is that official, or are you going to go with uh, Eagles and whoever else you had? What's your official pick here? Fresh football takes. Give us the fresh take of Keegan Hanley. Uh, yeah, probably Saints-Chiefs for now. Saints-Chiefs is Keegan's Super Bowl prediction. My Super Bowl pick. So my preseason pick was Chargers-Falcons, and I think that halfway through the year here I'm going to go with the Saints in the NFC. I'm going to pivot a bit off a bit off the Falcons though they're picking it up. So who knows, they might make it, but I'm going to go with the Saints and then I'm going to stick with the Chargers in the AFC. I'm going Chiefs or I'm not Chiefs. Chargers Saints. Keegan, who do you think's winning it out of your prediction? Um. Chiefs or Saints? Probably Chiefs at this point. All right, and I'm going to go with the Chargers taking home the Super Bowl against the Saints. So we both have the Saints losing the Super Bowl. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So with that, we will move, we will slide right into the Sunday games, and we're going to start with the team from Washington traveling down to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ryan Fitzpatrick is getting the nod again, I believe over Jameis Winston, who I noted a couple episodes ago was a bad quarterback. I guess uh, Dirk Cutter sees it that way, too. Yeah, I don't think the Bucks really know what they're doing for the future. No, I don't either. I think that they're just – I think the coach is trying to save his job and just kind of get a couple wins this season. But I also don't know if the – I know I also said a couple episodes ago that Buying into the Redskins a little bit here, but they had a very disappointing showing against the Falcons last week. And man, I just never know what the Redskins are. They don't have many offensive weapons, but that defense is stout. Although they did give up 38 points to the Falcons, but the Falcons, I think are still one of the best offenses in the league. So everyone has their games like that. But I think at the end of the day here, I'm going to go with the Bucks. 
I'm going to go with Tampa Bay at home. I think that they, they're just the more explosive team. So I think that they are going to beat the Redskins at home this week. Yeah, I'd agree. They just have the better playmakers and the the better quarterback this year. You'd pick Fix Magic over Alex Smith this season. Yeah, he's he's kind of back to his old self, Alex Smith. He's no longer his post I mean, he had Andy that, Reed. Post yeah, Andy Reed, Alex Smith. He he had that big uh, and year last year, but yeah, he's a yeah. I guess he's really only played very very well. With Andy Reid. Yeah. So, yeah, give me the Bucks there. Uh, moving on to another game here. The Cardinals are going to travel to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. Keegan's Super Bowl winner as of right now. The Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, this one's a pretty easy one. Yeah. Yeah. The Cardinals are definitely a rebuilding team. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, I think that they're going to have to, you know, like you said, rebuild at this point. They're going to have to rebuild around Josh Rosen and David Johnson. Do you think this is Larry Fitzgerald's last year? Uh, Yeah, probably. I also agree. Unfortunately, I'm a huge Larry Fitzgerald fan. Uh, I'm... Really sad. He's probably not going to get a Super Bowl ring. He should have had one against the Steelers back in, oh, I don't know what year that was, but he should have gotten it, but he didn't. Um, it just sucks for him. He's he's an all-time great Hall of Famer, one of the best receivers to ever do it. Such a humble guy, such a great professional. It's just unfortunate that he's going out on this terrible Cardinals team. Yeah, theoretically it was supposed to work with Sam Bradford and uh, they were hoping that they could maybe have something that could do some damage, but they they released Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen is a rookie and... That's just how it goes. Lost season. Yeah, so I don't think there's much to discuss with the Chiefs. Um, They're awesome. Patty Mahomes is the best. Tariq Hill's the best. Travis Kelsey's the best. Kareem Hunt's the best. Give me the Chiefs. Division matchup up next. Bills-Jets. Nathan Peterman is likely in line to get the start this week. Again, after throwing three picks last week. Just does question. I don't know if we know this answer, but... In all of the games that Nathan that Nathan Peterman has started, has he ever not thrown multiple interceptions in a game that he started? I don't think so. It definitely doesn't feel like it. I think he always throws at least two interceptions in every game that he has started. However, the Jets also have their backup quarterback playing, most likely. Uh, Sam Darnold's been in a walking boot over the past couple days. Uh, he got pretty beat up against the Dolphins, and it looks like Josh McCown's in line to get the start. Yeah, I think that almost maybe benefits them because McCown's a veteran quarterback. He's done it before, and he actually showed pretty good flashes with similar players last year on the Jets. So, Yeah, I actually agree with you there. I 
you know, maybe, you know, I don't think injuries are, are particularly good for any player, but maybe this will work out for Sam Darnold. Maybe because, you know, he started the season, you know, pretty well. Uh, I think better than people expected. But he's kind of cooled off a lot, and, you know, being a rookie, having those growing pains that, that we've been discussing over the course of the season. So I think it really could benefit him to just kind of take a step back for a, a week or two, watch Josh McCown go to work, and, and just kind of keep learning. So, yeah, I really think that this could benefit the Jets, and that's why I'm going with them at home against the Bills. Yeah, I think it could be a, a good game for them to cut loose. Buffalo's defense is pretty good, though, which is why this is more they are. of a, a toss-up for me. But, yeah, I'll go with the home team. So then we'll move on to the Jaguars and the Colts. Another division game. Um, it's going to be up in Indianapolis. This, I think, was the hardest game for me to pick this week. This was the last game that I had circled here on my list of games. Yeah, this is a low-key, interesting game. You know, the Colts are on the way up. The Jags are on the way down. The Jags have been playing must-win games for about three weeks now. So, it's... I think this game is so interesting that I am going to... Maybe surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, I'm going to dub this the uh, the fresh football game of the week. Yeah, that's a good... That's a good call. You got Andrew Luck... On the comeback trail. And Looking have, to continue to dominate, yeah. despite their record. He's been playing very well. He has been playing very well. And uh, you also have the Jags defense looking to get right. Andrew Luck has just, you know, his offense has had a lot of injury. But he's... He continues to chug along and... Yeah, he's been balling Make out. it work. Maybe some of that's the garbage time padded stats. But, um, yeah, he's, he's having a great comeback season. Hey, I think he's... Uh, Multiple time member of the 404 club, so I I don't care garbage time or not, whoever you got out there on the field, that's hard to do, though for 404 in a couple games. So, but I don't know. Yeah, the, Jags, the emergence of Marlon Mack. Yeah, coming back from that injury. Been looking for a running back for since Peyton Manning. So, have they found it in Marlon Mack? He's looked pretty impressive in the last couple games. He really has, and. Speaking of running backs, the Jags have been looking for uh, Leonard Fournette to come back for quite a few weeks, and they said that at one point they were going to wait till after the bye, get him plenty of rest to heal up that hamstring so it hopefully doesn't continue to uh, nag him the rest of the season. And, hey, he's practicing in full, and, and he's ready to roll this week, according to all reports. So do we think that that makes a difference for Jacksonville? Yeah, that could change a lot of things, and the whole conversation is how much of this, you know, failure of the Jag season is based on not having Fournette pretty much the whole year. Yeah, I think that him coming back takes a lot of pressure off Blake Bortles, who has clearly been struggling the past three or four games. Yeah, that's the whole theory, is that they play worse because more of the onus is put on Bortles to perform well because they have to throw the ball more and blah, blah, blah. That's always been, like, the excuse so far this season. So I guess this puts it to the test whether Fournette can come back, whether he can make it through a whole game, because even the two games he started this season, he didn't even finish. So Yeah, I don't think he's finished the game yet this year. Maybe week one, but I don't even think so. No, no, he was injured in that first game against the Giants, I think, so. 
Ooh, they did play the Giants week one. It's just been right. a lost season for Fournette, and I think uh, I think that's why it, that is a a reason why the Jags are where they are. So, I guess it. All of that said, and everything taken into consideration, give me the Colts. Yeah, I think they're the better team this year. I'm going to trust Andrew Luck over uh, Blake Bortles. Shocking, I know. So we'll move on to yet another division game. This is this must be the week of division games here. We've got the Lions and the Bears in Chicago. The Lions are looking to try to turn their season around here. They're they're three and five, and they look like they could be reeling here. Whereas the Bears, I, I think, are kind of on the other end of things. They've played well enough to be in first place in that division. I believe. Am I right? I think they're five and three. Yeah, and I think that they're yeah they're in first place years. right now. I believe because the Packers are three, four, and one. Uh, the Vikings, I think the Vikings are 4-3-1, and one, and then the Lions are 3-5. and five. So I think this is a must-win for the Lions. If the Lions lose this game, their season's officially, officially over. Yeah, the Lions, you know, when they shipped out Golden Tate, that was kind of them sort of relinquishing a little bit. Um, you think even though they bought uh, Snacks Harrison? Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of weird the the moves they did make. It was kind of like a zero sum. Yeah, they were almost counterintuitive. Yeah, zero sum and Yeah, I just don't think in the scheme of the division that the Lions stand out as having an upper hand over any of the other teams. It's a shame because I remember one week I impulse picked them to win this division and I completely regret it. Yeah. The Bears are getting Alshon Jeffrey back. Not Alshon Jeffrey. What am I thinking? I'm jumping way ahead to your Eagles. Um, Allen Robinson is who I was thinking of. They're getting him back this week. Yeah, that's going to be big. Yeah, I think the Bears are, like you said, on the way up just at, in general. Jordan Howard's been getting it going. Uh, Matt Nagy, I know on one of the mic'd up, they, you know, they always mic up people and whatnot. And I think they had caught him. I'm um, talking with Jordan Howard for a second after one of his touchdowns or or one of his you know big plays or whatnot during the course of the past couple of weeks, and he was saying that he's gonna get Jordan Howard rolling. He told Jordan Howard in the middle of a game that he was gonna get him rolling this season. And the past few weeks, he he's a man of his word. Jordan Howard's really been on the upswing, and I think that's really important. Also, almost as important as Allen Robinson coming back for this Bears team is getting. Jordan Howard, the ball, getting him back in the flow. Because he's a, he's proven um, over his first two seasons that when he's given the ball, he's he's a very productive running back in this league. Yeah, the Bears have a lot of weapons. And uh, if they get them all working together, then, you know, the sky's the limit for them. Yeah, so with Jordan Howard starting to roll with Allen Robinson coming back, give me the Bears here. I like the Bears in this one. You agree? Disagree? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the Bears. All right. So, non-division game. Saints-Bengals. This game is going to be played in Cincinnati, Ohio, without A.J. Green. That's a massive loss for the Bengals. Massive. 
They're going to look for Tyler Boyd to continue to play the way he has, maybe even step up a little bit more. But I think the player to watch here for the Bengals, excuse me, is going to be John Ross. The ninth, I believe ninth overall pick a year or two ago. Hasn't done too much uh, in the league just yet. And hey, this is his opportunity to show that he he can be a playmaker for this team. Yeah, this is going to be a high-scoring game. and um, I think this is the highest over-under on the week at 55, I want to say. 52, 55, something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is definitely going to be a, a high-scoring game. At least as far as Vegas is concerned. Yeah. Well. Gio Bernard is coming back. Maybe he... Gets a little bit more passing work with um, with A.J. Green being out. But I think ultimately it's really got to be up to that Bengals defense to try and do anything to slow down the Saints offense. Michael Thomas has been eating this season. I He's the best receiver in the league so far this year. I, I, I would put him above Adam Thielen so far this season. Yeah, him and Drew Brees have a special connection. Absolutely. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to look to continue to roll. Um, Mark Ingram, besides that first week he came back off that suspension, where's he been? What are they doing with him? A whole lot of nothing, it seems. He's been nowhere. Yeah, I think Kamara just took over that backfield while he was out, and uh, they haven't really felt the need to get him involved to the extent that he was last year. I mean, winning seven in a row, yeah, there's – why change things when you've, like I said, won seven in a row? Yeah. So. Yeah, the formula's working. Yeah. So I, I, I really think that's enough for this game. I'm going to go with the Saints here. Um, I don't think there's too much more to discuss. They're just, in my opinion, the better team. Even if A.J. Green was playing, I, I think the Saints are just the better football team. Yeah, they're one of the best teams in football. Yeah, fresh football takes number two team. And we'll move on to the Fresh Football Takes number one team. The Patriots are traveling to Tennessee to face the Titans, coming off a big Monday night football win against the Cowboys. This is an interesting matchup. You got Mike Vrabel. You got Malcolm Butler involved. Mike Vrabel, former Yeah, a couple expats. So. A couple expats looking to get some revenge. I will say, on their former team and their former employer. Oh, yeah, Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis is another one. Yeah, wow. This is like, uh, so this is the Patriots versus the Patriots light. Pretty much. I don't know. The Titans, their defense is stingy. Uh, their offense looked like it was clicking a little bit. Yeah, they're looking like they're they're putting it together a little Last bit. Last week, I think the key there is just to give Deion Lewis the ball. I don't think that Derrick Henry can shoulder a, uh, a bell cow running back workload. I think that it needs to be a lot more split or just give Deion Lewis the ball primarily and let Derrick Henry be the spell back, which is where... He was really excelled, and I think yeah, he had a lot of success with Murray. At at I think at this point it's the, it's the it's the, it's how he he's he's going to succeed in 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 the NFL. Yeah, um, 
like I said, you know, and, and like you said, just kind of a, as a spellback seems to be what his best role is with DeMarco Murray. Um, you know, he really excelled playing behind him. They've tried to get him more involved with the offense this year. Derrick Henry, that is, of course, is DeMarco Murray is, I think, retired even at this point. Um, but it's just he's not as efficient as I thought he was going to be with a starting role. Um, Dion Lewis is just the better running back. I think that, like you said, Derrick Henry is better just in a reserve kind of role. And, I mean, honestly, I'd probably give Derrick Henry the ball in the goal line over Dion Lewis just because – you know, Derrick Henry I, is probably twice the size of Deion Lewis. And when you're down there on the one or the two yard line, you know, you kind of want your bigger back down there. But beyond that, yeah, they just got to keep feeding Deion Lewis, who is the better playmaker at this point. Absolutely. But I think the Titans really need to find a receiver that's going to make an impact. Corey Davis actually has one of the biggest target shares in the NFL. I think he receives 30% of the Titans targets or so. I believe I saw that over the course of the past few days on Twitter. Um, But he's just not doing anything with it. So they really need to try to get him going or find somebody else in the receiving game other than Deion Lewis, of course. Um, That's going to get it going. Yeah, Taewon Taylor showed flashes of being, like, a solid number two. But, yeah, that just speaks to the general, like, youth and, like, newness of the offense. Like we said, we saw him click against Dallas, but Dallas has been underwhelming so far this year. No, that defense is good down there in uh, Dallas. I will say that. As much as we think Dallas sucks, that defense is actually pretty good. Yeah, we've said that before, and that was the most interesting part of – that game was that Dallas was actually beating them on defense well, early on in the game. Dallas, like they had owned, a bunch Dallas of owned the first quarter of that and game. And the fumbles, they forced fumbles on Mariota. They forced a couple fumbles early on. The Titans f- adjusted in that game. Yeah. And the second half was a completely different story, and the Titans dominated the Cowboys in the second half. If you watch that game quickly, just about this, about that game, then we'll kind of get back to this game. If you watch that game, uh, Dallas versus Tennessee on Monday night last week, in the first quarter, Dallas should have been up, what, like at least 17 to nothing. Yeah, they had the upper hand, but they didn't, they do, didn't anything do anything with it. No, they did nothing. So then the second half, it, it really impressed me how much the Titans adjusted to the Dallas defense and how they were attacking them. That and the hell on to the and football. And in the second half, that's where all this craziness with, with talking about firing Jason Garrett, talking about the ownership. He should have been fired three years ago. All the all the controversy with the Cowboys now with everyone on hot seats was because of the second half of that game. That's how bad they looked in the second half. Yeah, I agree. So let's save some more of our hot takes for uh, later in the show when we get to the right, Cowboys yeah. game. But. Yeah, it just feeds in, you know, the Titans. Yeah, it just it all feeds into itself, of are, course. The Titans are, you know, they could be rising in stock and I mean, I'm not expecting them to win this game, but who knows? They could give them a good showing with the knowledge that Vrabel has of Bill Belichick and Yeah. and Deion Lewis as well. Kind of like Matt Patricia did against the Patriots uh with the Lions in the beginning of the year. No one gave the Lions a chance, but yeah, hey. Exactly. So we should talk about the Patriots for a second here uh, before I make my pick. I, 
They're fresh football takes number one team. There's probably not a whole lot to say that you guys don't already know. Yeah, Tom Brady. Tom Bill Brady's Belichick, awesome. James White. Um, James White's Julian great. Edelman. Julian Edelman is, yeah, just to keep doing what he's doing. Gronk, They've been getting it done without Gronk. Yeah, Gronk is, has been I guess, a disappointment. Consideration. Yeah. yeah, he's just been banged up. I mean, he's a tough dude. We've always known that his whole career. Of course, of course. But he's always had injury problems his whole career, too. Like, yeah, that, that that's his saying. issue. I, I think that. I think that if Gronk was He's like got an healthy ankle and a back injury, like it's like a list of problems he has right now. If Gronk was healthy for his whole career, there is no doubt in my mind and and put this on record. I am putting this on record. If Gronk was healthy his whole career, Gronk would without a doubt by far be the best tight end in NFL history. Yeah, and I think he's still in that conversation. But he's still in the conversation, but it, it's a right, conversation because of his injuries. He's not running away with it. Yeah. Not at all. I agree. So I also want to mention uh, Josh Gordon, who, if you listen to this show, you should know that I'm a massive fan of Josh Gordon. Uh, I'm such a big fan of Josh Gordon that in uh in our fantasy football league three years ago when we got it started, I drafted Josh Gordon. Um, even though he didn't play at all. I drafted Josh Gordon three years ago. That's how big of a fan I am of his. And he is looking like he's coming into his own in this offense. He is looking like he's turning into that Randy Moss ceiling that he has with Tom Brady in this offense. He's incredible. He is, like I've said on this show in the past, Josh Gordon is going to be the difference maker on a team of difference makers. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he's looking more comfortable. Um, it's interesting that, you know, Malcolm Butler's probably going to cover him. This Malcolm weekend. Butler's been awful this season, though. And, yeah, exactly. Like, he's going to – but it's going to be a revenge game for him. Yeah, he's going to play so with more like, motivation. Yeah, all the narratives, like, feed into into this game in, like, interesting ways. But Football is a week-by-week sport. I mean, sure, you can kind of – I mean, obviously, we all know the Patriots are always going to be good. Um, the, there are certain things that, you know, you, you can count on, but that's few and far between football is a week by week sport and anything can happen from a week to week basis. But one thing you can count on is the Patriots being awesome. And I expect nothing less here, even though they're on the road. Give me the Patriots. Give me the Patriots here. Yeah. Keegan, I think, and I'm going to take that. Yeah. As you agreeing that the Patriots are going to win. Is that safe to say? Yeah. I think that we've agreed on every game so far. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what would be my upset. I was thinking maybe that one, but I just think that Bill, you know, usually if a coach knows about another coach, then that other coach, if it's Bill Belichick, will usually win out. I'm going to backtrack a little bit uh, for fresh football upset of the week. I think the upset of the week is going to be the Bills over the Jets. I know I picked the Jets. Um, but I, if I had to pick an upset this week, I think it would be the Bills over the Jets. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. But, anyways, we'll move on to the next game. Falcons are going to go to Cleveland to face the Browns. Baker Mania. I think Baker Mayfield has won rookie uh, Offensive Rookie of the Week three times this season. Yeah, this could be an interesting ma- maybe upset. I think everybody was kind of su- very surprised. I, I don't want to say kind of. I think everybody was very surprised that the Browns took Baker Mayfield number one overall over Sam Darnold. 
But it's looking, honestly, it's looking like that they made the right choice here. I know it's, you know, each player's really, you know, has played, uh, Sam Darnold's played nine games so far. Baker Mayfield's, what, played seven or eight? I know that he didn't start the season as a starter, but so far into their very young careers, it looks like the uh, it looks like the Browns made the right choice picking Baker. Their record doesn't quite show it, but I mean they're the Browns, so they're going to lose a lot of games. But Baker looks like he could be the real deal with with the right coaching and um, just if the Browns can become more functional instead of dysfunctional, I think Baker's going to thrive. Yeah, it's tough to know when you're just firing coaches left and right. So I hope they get some stability on that team. And then, yeah, they could have something with Nick Chubb and Landry and the the receiving core. Love Nick Chubb. But, yeah, they just need some stability. Absolutely. So their defense, the Browns' defense is actually also, I, I think, uh, not talked about enough as one of the – I mean, they're not one of the best defenses in football, but they're one of the better defenses in football, I would say. And I don't think that they that they get enough recognition. Miles Garrett is an animal, an absolute animal. And on the other side – Everybody was saying that they should have drafted Bradley Chubb when they drafted Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward has looked spectacular. And on the other side of Miles Garrett on the defensive line to rush the passer, Ogan Joby is also looking like the real deal. So maybe they were on to something passing on Bradley Chubb and going with uh, the corner there. Yeah, they've definitely shown flashes and they definitely have the pieces, but... I'm not I'm not sold on them yet as like a solid defense. Like they've shown flashes but of course. But they're still you know, they're still they need some uh I think they're in above I think they're an above average defense right now. I think that they're probably in the twelve to fifteen or sixteen range as far as defenses go. They're in the top half. Yeah. As far as defenses. But I think they're going to have a hard time slowing down this explosive Falcons offense. Yeah. If we're talking about rookies here, Calvin Ridley has proven to be a fantastic pick for the Falcons in the first round. I think a lot of people expected them to probably go defense in the first round. But, hey, the Falcons have always been more of an offensive team. And this reminds me a lot of when Roddy White, you remember Roddy White, that dude down there in in Atlanta? This reminds me of when they had him as their premier number one receiver. He was one of the best receivers in the league at one point in time. And they drafted Julio Jones to go beside him. Them drafting Calvin Ridley kind of reminds me of them like I said, when they drafted Julio Jones with uh, with Roddy White, I think they wanted to get back to that. And, hey, who knows, in a year or two, they could have two legit number one receivers on that offense to go with uh, those explosive running backs. Unfortunately for them, though, their their defense has taken quite a few hits this season. 
Deion Jones is apparently working his way back. I think he is eligible or, you know, I, I guess expected to come back in week 12, I think. So I'm sure that'll be a pretty big boost for them when he comes back. But, hey, we're in week 10. That's still at least two weeks away. And I think I'm going to go with the Falcons here on the road. I don't, I just, as much as I talked up the Browns defense in Baker Mayfield, they're still rebuilding down there in Cleveland, or up there in Cleveland, I guess, as Cleveland is pretty far north. Um, so give me the Falcons in this game. Yeah, Falcons got this one. Another one that we agree on. And we'll move to another division game. Chargers at Raiders. The Oakland Raiders. As Boomer would say. I miss Boomer on uh, on ESPN doing the uh, Sunday NFL countdown. I miss his, um, just his, his sound effects even more than anything. He was always great, but. We'll talk about this game a little bit. The Raiders are atrocious. The Raiders are the worst team in football. Yep. If I had to list the worst teams in football, the Raiders are 32. I unfortunately had to probably put my Giants to 31. They're bad. Then I'd probably put, let's see here. I'd probably go with the Bills at 30. No. The 49ers are 30. The Bills are 29. And the the Cardinals are 29. The Bills are 28. That's right. I'll say that. But back to this game. Raiders, Chargers. The Raiders are bad. They've pretty much cut everybody. They've pretty much cut or traded everybody that's decent on their team, except for Derek Carr. Um, Their defense is decimated. They just cut Bruce Irvin, who was, I think, one of their defensive captains to start the year. Um, John Gruden, what are you doing? I guess when you have a 10-year, $100 million contract, you have the leeway and and the time to do this. Yeah, he's just tearing it down, and he's probably going to trade Carr at some point. And you know, I've heard that he's going to install his own team with his own players. Yeah, I I definitely think it. It just kind of looks like he wants to rebuild this team with his players. Um. I think I'd be a little bit surprised if Derek Carr wasn't the future quarterback of this team. Uh, unless Derek Carr, you know, starts to play incredibly bad, which some people might say he is. But I'm going to give Derek Carr the benefit of the doubt. It, it's hard to truly assess anybody, let alone a quarterback, especially a quarterback. It, it, it's hard to assess how Derek Carr is really playing and his real talent level. With such a bad team around him. Um, So, personally, I think they should stick with Derek Carr. But I wouldn't be overly shocked if they got rid of him after this season. I'd be a little surprised, but not overly shocked. 
Yeah, because you got to think they're going to have like the pick of who they want a top, you know, a top pick in the draft. So they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna I, have they're gonna have either the number one or number two pick. I think that's pretty safe to say. Yeah. So if Gruden has someone that he wants in this upcoming draft, then you know there's no reason not to, you know, like we said, him get it all his guys. If I was John Gruden, though, I would keep Derek Carr and I would go pass rusher with my first pick. Yeah, wouldn't it be great to have a first round pass rushing talent? Wait a minute. I believe I can think of somebody that fits that bill. Just give me a minute to pinpoint his uh, Khalil Mack. That's his name. But John Gruden said, see you later. And then said pass rushers are hard to come by. But anyways, I will I will digress and that's enough about the Raiders. Let's talk about the Chargers here. Phillip Rivers is incredible. Keenan Allen had his breakout game of the season. I think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah, Keenan Allen's pretty good. Melvin Gordon is looking to continue to keep going what he's got going for him this season. Um, he's been battling a bit of a hamstring injury, but he's still Melvin Gordon. He's still one of the best running backs in the league, and there's not much more to talk about. I'm going to go with the Chargers, even though they're on the road. It's the Raiders are just bad. They're not. I, I don't think the Raiders are going to win another game this year. Yeah, they're bad. Another another division game. Seahawks Rams. This is going to be in Los Angeles. The Rams coming off of a loss to the Saints. I think that they're going to play angry. They're going to play with the chip on their shoulders. But so are the Seahawks, I think. They had a chance last week to beat the Chargers on the final play of the game. Or to, I guess, tie the Chargers on the final play of the game. But the rookie wide receiver dropped it. He dropped the pass in the end zone. And you know the Seahawks lost. So they move on to this week. Again, you know, they focus on the Rams here. Uh, division games can really go either way. Um, the Seahawks have been, I think, playing better than they started this season. The Seahawks have always been kind of a second-half team. But you, one of the guys that leads that charge in the second half is Doug Baldwin. But he just hasn't been himself all season. I know he's dealing with that knee injury. Um, since the preseason, probably even since the uh, the offseason before the preseason. And, and he said it himself that his knee is not going to be quite right all year. And I think that is huge for Seattle as he is one of their he, – he is one of their leaders, one of their best players. Yeah, they just want to run the ball. I think that's another reason why. Yeah, they're running the ball more than any team in football this year, which is – surprising for the Seahawks and their line their offensive line has actually been playing surprisingly well and I don't think people really talk about it enough 
Yeah, that's their uh, new offensive coordinator, Schottenheimer, and I think it might just be that the offensive line, you know, like like uh, like run protection and pass protection are two different things. So oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe the problems were maximized by them pass protecting more than run protecting in the past. So yeah, maybe, maybe Schottenheimer corrected. Yeah, and hey, I guess that is a great job by that's a great coaching job you know realizing what your strengths and weaknesses are if the offensive line is is weak in pass protection and they're strong in you know run blocking then why not run the ball more and then on the Rams side their their defense you know everyone was saying how great their defense was in the beginning of the in the beginning of the year they haven't been playing very well. They've give, they've been giving up a lot of points lately. Yeah, you. I always kind of think with uh, big high-profile defensive signings that they very rarely ever work out, and it kind of seems, you know, they've been derailed by injury a little bit, but it kind of seems like that's been the case with the Rams. They've been in a lot of shootouts lately and uh, haven't really been able to stop the other team as well. Speaking of uh, Rams injuries on defense, Akib Tlaib, excuse me, is coming back in the next few weeks. I think he's going to come back week 12 or week 13. So that'll be a big boost for them, but unfortunately doesn't help them here. But with that offense and all those weapons, they can score at will. They can score with anybody. They can keep up with any offense in the league. So I'm going to go with the Rams. I think that they're going to sweep the Seahawks this season. Give me the Rams at home in Los Angeles. I'm picking this for my upset. So you have the Seahawks. Give me Seattle. All right. That's the first game we disagree on. I think their defense is underrated. I think that. Yeah, they're rounding into form. You know, once the the boom fell apart, everyone was like. Frank Clark. Oh, they might, you know, be rebuilding this defense, but they really. Bobby Wagner, best linebacker in the league. One of the best linebackers in the league. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, division game, I can see Seattle pulling one out here. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm like I said, I'm going to pick the Rams here. And so we move on after our first disagreement on the week. Uh, Dolphins, Packers up there in uh, cheese country. How do you think this game is going to go? Mike Keegan. Uh, I think uh, the Packers are going to win. Any insight as to why? Green Bay at home against the Dolphins. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty reasonable. Brock Osweiler is going to get a, yet another start as Tannehill still working his way back from that uh, shoulder injury. Yeah, Tannehill looks like his season might be lost, kind of like Josh Allen. Well, I think Josh Allen is scheduled to come back next week. But, yeah, ultimately a lost season kind of for both guys. I don't really know what else to talk about in this game. You know, the Dolphins have a winning record, and and I understand that. But, again, if you've listened to this podcast literally at all, I have been calling the Dolphins garbage all season. I I give Adam Gaze a lot of credit for coaching this team up to a winning record to this point in the season. Um, I 
think that that just proves that he is a very, very good football coach in this league. That he has taken this team with the injuries and just the lack of talent to a 5-4 and four record. Yeah, I don't know if there was a lack of talent. I could see, like, with Tannehill there and Albert Wilson and, like, the pieces that they got. They Albert were Wilson's out for the year. They were actually a pretty solid team, exactly. The, the injuries really sort of ruined what they had. You know, everyone was surprised by the hot start, and it did seem like they had something sustainable, but unfortunately injuries kind of had their way with the Dolphins, and now they're just kind of falling back into obscurity. But it'd be interesting to see a full year of, you know, a healthy Tannehill and what they had going this season. See, I'm not, I am, I have never been a Tannehill believer. I don't think he is the answer at quarterback for the Dolphins. I don't I never thought he was and I don't think I ever think he will be. He certainly looks capable when he's healthy, but health is another issue for him. Yeah, huh. I think we'll just kind of agree to disagree there. I'm I'm not a huge Tannehill fan. Um and then on the other side, Aaron Rodgers is great. Probably the best <laughs> probably the best quarterback right now playing football. Um, not much else I think to discuss. I'm gonna take the Packers here in, at home against the Dolphins. I don't think this is gonna be quite a close game. Nope. Blue shadow of the week. Fresh football blue shadow of the week here. I'm gonna go with this game. Blue shadow of the week. Because the Packers defense isn't all that great, so I think the Dolphins gonna put up some points, but I think the Packers are gonna put up a lot more points than the Dolphins. Hmm, interesting. We will move on to a yet another division game on Sunday Night Football, an NFC East showdown between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas week. Dallas sucks. They really, really suck. Dallas sucks. They really, really Dallas suck. sucks. I do like Amari Cooper, though. I think he is... I think he's going to have a really, really good game. Even though it's in Philly. I think Amari Cooper is going to be the guy that has a really good game here for Dallas. I think the Eagles are going to focus on stopping Zeke in that run game. And Cooper is going to... You know, benefit from that. I, I truly, truly believe that. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are kind of on the downswing, and if anyone has a good game, it's going to be Amari Cooper probably, but I don't know if that pass rush gets there. They've been having offensive line issues. Um, I could see a very low-scoring game for the Cowboys in general. Yeah, I agree with that. And then... Well, sticking with the Cowboys for a second, um, their defense has been playing pretty well all season. Underrated. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. I mean, they they did just get beat with by the Titans, though. I think that maybe I don't know if it was just early season s- success or what, but that also could be it. I, I guess we'll find out. 
I think it's just the fact that the offense is so bad now. You know, it's like the Jaguars. You can't really be a successful defense when you're always out on the field and not really making stuff happen. Yeah, I think that is very, very true. And that's one of the benefits that the Eagles defense has is that they have an offense um, that can stay on the field and put up points, which really makes it easier for that defense. Yeah, it's always nice having Carson Wentz be your quarterback. Um, Agreed. With the addition of Golden Tate, I really think that this offense is going to open up a lot, and I think that we're going to see a high point total for the Eagles. You know, I saw that um, Darren Sproles is probably going to miss this week, and I also saw on Twitter you had posted – you had tweeted out something about Darren Sproles. Uh, do you mind uh, updating the listeners on your Darren Sproles takes and emotions and things like that? Yeah, it's just, yeah, everyone knows about the hamstring injury. and It's a shame. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just something that he can't really shake, and he's old at this point now, so he's probably not going to play football again, and... Yeah, he's he's a great player. He always has been. You wanted to see him back out there on the field, but um, unfortunately, bodies are, you know, they get older and th- they don't recover as well, and that's obviously what's happening. Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, Darren Sproles has had a phenomenal career, um, but like you said on Twitter, I, I think he should probably at this point just kind of hang it up. Um, you know, he's got to think about life after football and, and, and his quality of life and his, and and his health after football for, you know, himself and his family. So like, again, like you said on Twitter, um, he should probably call it quits at this point. And, and I tend to agree with you there. He's, he's had a wonderful career, but you know, he's, you know, I understand by football standards, he's an old man, but by life standards, he's still quite a young guy. He's in his thirties, and you know he's got a lot of life to live in. And I think he should probably consider his quality of life after football at this point. Yeah. So, with that being said, give me the Eagles at home in Philadelphia on prime time in prime time, uh, thirty-one to sixteen. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be a a pretty decisive victory by the Eagles. I believe pre-show you told me your um your score your score prediction here was Eagles 45 Dallas 6. Are you sticking with that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that high, but yeah, probably something like that. I don't expect Dallas to score more than a touchdown or two. All right. So maybe like a like a 35 to Six thirty-five to ten, something like that, is is probably closer to your prediction. Yeah. All right. Uh, around the same boat as me. Like I said, I'm I'm thirty-one sixteen. Um, but I guess we'll have to see on Sunday night, and we'll move on to the final game of the week, Monday Night Football. The Giants are traveling to San Francisco to take on the Nick Mullins-led Forty Niners. Hooray. Hooray, Nick Mullins. He looked really good. I mean, I granted it was against the Raiders, 
But for a third string undrafted rookie quarterback, I don't care. Like, I, look, I understand it was the Raiders, but they're still all professional football players. So I'm going to give Nick Mullins the credit here. He looked really good against that team in his first start. Yeah, I guess we'll have to just see whether he it was just a flash in the pan against a really, really bad team or if the Niners might have overpaid for a quarterback they're not going to use because they have Nick Mullins. Yeah, I, I'm, I guess we'll see. Uh, the Giants are going to look to slow down Nick Mullins. Uh, they haven't been able to slow down much of anybody. And their offense hasn't been able to keep up with Literally anybody, except for the Texans. They did beat the Texans week three, which now looking at it, but the Texans are winning six in a row. How do they beat the Texans week three? Yeah, I think it's because their defense, you know, when they want to play is actually not bad. But unfortunately, with all the locker room drama and stuff for the Giants, it's not really ever worked out. Yeah, who... Who knows? The Giants are, I mean, both these teams are in the midst of a lost season, but I don't know, man. Kyle Shanahan is, I think, a really good head coach in this league and a very, very good offensive mind. He knows how to use his players to their to their strengths, as he's proven with a third-string undrafted quarterback. He just puts his guys in a position to succeed. Well, I don't think Pat Shermer's done that this season. Yeah, the Niners, the Niners have been, have been kind of exciting to watch, regardless of who's started for them. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, this is uh, another pretty poor uh, prime time game here. So not much to discuss. Um, we all know what Saquon and Odell can do. Um, despite them both actually playing really well this season, the Giants are still just 1-7. and seven. Um, That offensive line is, is atrocious. Eli is probably on the 17th or 18th hole of his career. The defense is looking like at this point in the season, they're just playing with you know not much effort. So, and I before I make my my prediction, the Niners defense looked like they, you know, have, have some life in them. Again, I know it was against the Raiders, but they're all professionals. It's it's hard to win a, a game in this league, no matter who you are, no matter who you play. And last week, like I said, against the Raiders, the Niners defense looked like it came alive with eight sacks. So... I'm going to go with the Niners at home. As a Giants fan, it kills me, but I'm going to take the 49ers here. in Monday night football, and I think they're going to win 26-14. to Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins leading them to their second straight win on the week. Nick Mullins. Anything else we should discuss, Nick talk Mullins about before we close out the show? I'm going to mention that the Ravens, Broncos, Texans, and Vikings are on a bye. Um... So that's why you didn't hear us talk about them or any of their matchups. Yeah. I guess that probably Week rounds 10. things out, huh, Keegan? Week 10. Week 10. We will see how all of this plays out. Um, I think that everybody can agree that Dallas sucks. Dallas 
sucks. But who knows? Maybe they'll beat the Eagles this week. I don't think so. But at the end of the day, that's why they play the game. And we'll see what happens. I'm going to try to watch as much football as I can, as I'm sure a lot of you football fanatics will be. And that's because we all love fucking football. We love football. Dallas sucks.